time away. We had a great break. We had time to rest, and we had adventures of travel. Uh, We spent a couple days uh, hiking in the rainforest on the Olympic Peninsula and a week in Illinois on my sister and brother-in-law's farm where we got to be a part of my niece's wedding. And then uh, my amazing, wonderful wife, Tammy, planned for us a a two-day, one-night overnight for our 20th anniversary where we stayed in a cabin in the woods and we got massages and soaked in a hot tub and ended with uh, dinner on top of Crystal Mountain overlooking Mount Rainier. It was such a beautiful time. It's been a great time, but it is good to be back with you all as our faith family. Uh, Troy, who is living with us, was also gone for much of the summer in Southern California with his mom, and he is back now, and his mom, Lulu, is with us. She's with us in church today. Welcome, Lulu, and she's here for a while from China, and so we're excited to have our family back together and our growing extended family It is just so good to see how God is working in our lives and in our church, and it is important for us to understand how it is part of our family experience to be with you today in worship. It's good to be back in worship, to come around the warmth and the the central place of the spiritual life that we have together in Christ, and that's a part of why we're here. Jesus is at the center, and we come to gather around his love and his presence with us this morning. You know, in ancient times, the focus of life was the hearth, or what today we would call the fireplace. It was the place of of gathering for warmth. It was the place of of cooking and eating. It was the central part of the, the normal household, the place where people come together to experience community. Interestingly, if you look up the word focus in Latin, it it actually means hearth or fireplace. Uh, The word was uh, originally coined by the German astronomer Johannes Kepler back in the late 1500s. And he used it to designate the point in a parabolic mirror where light would be focused to the point where it would actually create fire. It would burn. And so the word focus came to mean fireplace, the place of fire. He also knew that the ability to focus and stay centered, to bring to bear intense concentration is a key factor in Olympic athletic success. That's true uh, the actual time of the event when they're about to hear the starting gun and take off on the race, but it's also true in the case of the long-term process of training and preparation and exercise and commitment that it takes to be prepared for something like the Olympic Games. We know that champions are marked by this sense of a burning fire within. You can almost see it in their eyes at the time of competition. They're focused on what needs to be done in the moment. They're committed to the task, to the challenge, to the sense of calling in their life that draws them forward. It truly epitomizes who they are, not only in competition, but in how they live their lives day to day. See, focus is an important factor in life, and it comes to us now in our current series on the spiritual life that in this Olympic season we are calling more than gold. Christians who experience a truly life-transforming walk with Jesus Christ in their relationship with him have a certain sense of focus in their lives. Scripture tells us that believers who have a more-than-gold attitude and mindset keep their eyes on the prize. They focused first and only on Jesus Christ. 
Our hope and prayer this morning is that we will meet this Christ through our scripture, through looking into his word and allowing his spirit to speak to your heart and to my heart what it is that he wants us to have a true focus on in our lives as we move forward. You know, every four years, athletes from all over the world gather for this competition that we call the Olympic Games to compete against one another and to determine who is best in their respective sports, to be the best in the world. In an event is an ambition that requires superior talent, training, and mental toughness. And it's finally rewarded with standing on top of a podium and having your national flag raised and the world watching as your national anthem is played. Have you ever dreamed of what that must be like for those athletes to to stand at the pinnacle of their sport and to be celebrated and honored for their achievement? The Apostle Paul once wrote, One thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As you come to worship this morning, what is the goal towards which you're pressing in your spiritual life today? What is it that God is calling you to in this heavenly call in Christ Jesus? Do you have a focus on the goal that God has for you to be looking at, to be paying attention to, to be focusing on in your life today? Because what we learn from the Olympic Games and from Scripture is that if we don't keep focused on our goal, this world will distract us. It will pull us away from our true goal, and we may miss the prize that God has for each one of us. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about how the Christian life is about more than gold. Pastors Kara and Dick have led us into this series in in wonderful ways, and we've looked at how the lives of the great cloud of witnesses are aligned in the stadium in heaven, cheering us on in each of our own races as we persevere on the long haul of following Jesus in this life. And we noted that it's critical in this race to strip off the sin and the weight that wants to entangle us, that gets us tripped up in the race that we're trying to run. And last week, we talked about how important it is to persevere through those difficult times. Even if you fall down, get back up and keep going. It's the perseverance in faith through the power of Christ that allows us to be successful in this spiritual life that we've been invited to walk with Jesus. And now today, as we continue in this beginning of the 12th chapter of Hebrews, the author, who is our our coach in this training season in our own race, teaches us to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. If you want to turn with me in Scripture, you can open your flat screen to Hebrews chapter 12. We've been camping out in verse 1 for a few weeks, and today we actually get to move on to verses 2 and 3. And in verse 2, the author of Hebrews says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that why? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How do we become successful in the spiritual life? We keep our eyes focused on Jesus and we consider his level of dedication and commitment to you and me demonstrated in his death on the cross so that no matter how hard life gets, no matter how difficult our life becomes, we can be encouraged and not lose heart because we see that Jesus went all the way to make a way possible for you and for me. 
This is our focus. This is our point of concentration as Christians. This is the the focus of the, the parabolic mirror of life where burning happens, where fire comes alive in our hearts and in our souls as we keep our eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of our faith. As we consider the death of Jesus and we're reminded of his love for us, we too find that flame in our own heart reignited and we have the passion and the courage to get up and to keep going on this spiritual journey. Keeping our eyes on Jesus and thinking about all he endured for us, the Bible tells us, is the true and effective focus of the Christian life and is what trains us to nurture the fire of his spirit in our own souls. See, the thing about Jesus' life that commands our focus on him, I'd like to suggest this this morning, more than anything else, is his deep love for us. From the moment he began his ministry, we see him touching lepers and healing the sick, raising the dead and casting out demons, feeding hungry people. His heart was a heart of compassion to all those who were lost and hurting and broken. And the love of God was demonstrated for the entire human race through his life and his death. From the very first beginnings of our own spiritual journeys as kids, didn't we often hear about the love of Jesus? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. From the very beginning, as we are trained in the spiritual journey, we learn that Jesus is all about love, and our focus on him helps remind us that we too are called to be people of love. Nothing demonstrated his love for people more than his own death and his willingness to suffer the shame of of crucifixion, to be a perceived failed Messiah. But in his worldly failure, we experience more than gold. We see greater than worldly success. We see the success of the Spirit of God who overcame even death so that now we too can live with a confidence that our lives are eternally kept in heaven with him. The Bible says, whoever claims to live in him must also live just as Jesus did in 1 John 2, 6. In other words, we should always be asking ourselves that what is now probably kind of a cliche phrase in our lives, what would Jesus do? In, in, in your workplace, as you go to work uh, on Monday or Wednesday or uh, Friday, what, what would Jesus do in your situation? In your home, with your, with your husband and your wife, when you get into challenges and difficulties, which we always do, right? Well, what would Jesus do in that moment? I, I, I'd like to suggest that maybe even a better question than what would Jesus do, because it's kind of hard to put ourselves in his place, is what would Jesus have me do? If we are truly Jesus' followers, if we are his disciples, if we have claimed that he is the Lord and the master of our lives, then a a question that helps us keep focused in our daily lives, moment by moment, week in and week out, is in any situation that we find ourselves in, what would Jesus have me do right now? Eric Little, who's now a famous Christian for winning gold in the 1924 Olympics and uh, a Hollywood movie was produced about his success called Chariots of Fire, was an Olympic runner from Scotland and he would train to go to the Olympics in 1924 with the the British team and he was one of the, the fastest sprinters in the world but when he found out that the schedule for his event was scheduled on a Sunday... He declined to compete in the event because he not only believed in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, but he believed it would be inappropriate to go against the second commandment 
and run on the Sabbath. Now, we might make a different decision about that in our day and in our culture, but for him at that point, that was, it was a, a commitment that he felt it was important for him to stand on. And so he chose not to run in his heat that he had been training for, and he missed out on gold in that 100-meter event. But inspired by his commitment, one of his teammates said, hey, I'll let you run my 400-meter race uh, so that you can at least have a chance to compete in the Olympics. So he did, and he trained for the 400-meter, and instead of uh, being able to compete on the Sunday, on the later Thursday, he ran the 400-meter. God honored his commitment. He not only broke the Olympic record, but he broke the world record and received the gold medal in the 1924 Olympics. It's an inspiring story. It's a story of a guy whose focus is solely on Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a, it's a story that encourages us to get up and run our race, to, to run fast, to, to train hard. It's a Hollywood story. But did you know that Eric Little's story is more than just about gold? Eric's story is that he was born to missionaries to China, and after the Olympics and he graduated from college, he too felt called to go into the mission field, and he went back to China to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ, and he spent the rest of his life sharing the good news about Jesus that the world had, had heard about through his Olympic experience, but, but he told them through the, the poor and the hurting and the people who needed the good news about Jesus. Not only so, but as World War II began to rage, it turns out that he ended up being interned in a village there with members from the East China Mission, Inland China Mission in a, a Japanese internment camp as they invaded China. And ultimately, he was to give his life. He died in an internment camp five months before the liberation. It's an amazing story of a life dedicated to Jesus that is more than gold. Author Langdon Gilkey later wrote, the entire camp, especially the youth, was stunned for days. So great was the vacuum that Eric's death had left in the internment camp. Because see, even when he made it to the internment camp, he became a leader and he helped the elderly. He helped the sick. He played with the kids. He helped everybody come together around their shared faith in Jesus Christ. According to one fellow missionary, Little's last words were, it's complete surrender in reference to how he had given his life to God. See, because of his singular focus on Jesus, Eric Little's life became about so much more than just winning a gold medal. So how do we keep our eyes focused on Jesus? How do we, in the midst of our own challenges and difficulties, uh, keep our focus on the place of fire? Last week, Pastor Dick talked about the importance of spiritual disciplines in our lives. That's the goal of what spiritual disciplines are. I mean, we don't really like the word discipline because we think of punishment, right? But discipline is really more about commitment. It's about exercising our spirits in the same way that athletes exercise their bodies. It's about doing spiritual calisthenics to keep ourselves spiritually fit. Or as Paul said, it's about training in godliness. So here's one thing that we can do. We can do a slow read through one of the Gospels. Take some time reading the story of the life of Jesus, walking alongside him, looking over his shoulder, being one of his disciples, seeing him minister, hearing him teach, and asking, what did Jesus do, and what did Jesus say, and how can I learn from and apply his perspective to my life today? Another option that many people find helpful is to start and end each day 
with prayer and reflection. Start and end each day with prayer and reflection. Many people suggest that if you don't start your day by focusing on Jesus and getting connected with God, your whole day can get off track because all of the cares of the world can creep in and, and, and get in your head and in your heart, and then you miss out on so many of the things that, that God has for you. I can confess to you that that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time but have not committed to. But, but is one of my goals for my personal life this fall as we look to this next school year starting, I want to begin to learn how to begin and end each day with Jesus. I want to do a little bit of journaling at night where I reflect back on what are all the things from the day where I saw God show up that I can be thankful for, that I can say, God, thank you. Even though the day may have been difficult or there may have been challenges, you are there and I can celebrate that with you. Maybe you would like to consider starting and ending each day with prayer and reflection. Some people have expressed that listening to praise music in their car is a great way to, to, to pull their head and their heart back into a central focus on Jesus. We spend so much in our time, time in our cars driving around. Why not make the inti- inside of your car a sacred space, a worship space, a place for you to meet with Jesus, to get focused on what's most important? Listening to praise music and allowing the Holy Spirit to direct your heart and mind back to the center of our lives is a great way to do that. Additionally, as I said before, we can keep asking at key moments throughout our day and throughout our week, in any given situation, what would Jesus have me do right now? You see, as we keep ourselves focused on Jesus in time, we become more and more like him, the Bible says. That's what this race is all about. Olympic runners run for a gold medal, but we, however, run the race to hear those words from God, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. How many of you were able to see any of the uh, opening ceremonies of the Olympics this last Friday night? It was a pretty awesome spectacle, wasn't it? They did a great job. Lots of artistic dance and music. It was really fun. Uh, one of the things that I often like about big sporting events is they have really fun commercials too, right? Do you remember seeing this awesome commercial by Dick's Sporting Goods? Amazingly done commercial. You know, they have all these scenes of uh, volcanic eruptions and, and uh, flowing uh, cells, and then they o- o- superimpose that with a- Olympic athletes training and, and working out. And, and I, it was so good, I had to get the exact text. It says, the same elements that have been present since the beginning of time still exist today in every living thing. Carbon, calcium, even gold. There are trace amounts of gold in every human body, 0.2 milligrams to be exact, in our bones, our bloodstream, but the highest concentration of gold is found in the human heart. We are all made from this ancient and rare material, gold, it's in all of us. Only some of us have the strength, they said though, to dig it out. Isn't that a great commercial for the Olympics? We have gold in all of us, but only some of us have the strength to dig it out. You know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have more than gold in our hearts and running through our veins. We have the very Spirit of God alive in us as the gift of God through Jesus to each one of us. Do we have the courage to dig it out? 
Keeping our eyes and our hearts focused on Jesus isn't about a religious ritual that somehow makes us worthy of heaven. It's about staying connected to the Spirit of God that is alive in each one of us so that we have that fire and that focus and that concentration to live the life of love that God has called us to do. Let's be honest, it's not easy to love one another, is it? But when we remember the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us, how can we not help but turn to the person sitting next to us and say, if God can do it for me, then I can love you too. Men and women, God is inviting us, each one of us, as Faith Covenant Church, to learn that life is about more than gold and worldly success, but to let the light and the fire of God's Spirit burn in our hearts so that we become a reflection of his love to the world around us. In this Olympic season and in the season ahead, I pray that that is true for you and for me in our lives. Amen? Let's pray. God, we ask that you would turn the light of your word and your spirit on each one of us now. Would you focus the light in our hearts so that it becomes a burning flame So that as we gather around the hearth of your love and your spiritual family that we call the church, we are inspired to live lives more than gold, but lives based on the spirit of Christ in us. Would you make us more and more like you? And we will thank you and praise you for the way you manifest yourself among us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen great to have you back. Thank it's you. good to be back. And, and I have to say, I'm a bit obsessive compulsive, and I noticed you had this right on the edge, and I'm thinking it's going to go like that. That would, that would actually be fun. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Here at Faith Covenant Church, we're blessed with so many various ministries, and uh, one of the ministries that's going to be starting up very soon is our Little Sprouts Christian Preschool. And this year, we have more children registered than any year in the history of our ministry. Over 30 children. And it's your gifts, your time, and your talents that help this wonderful ministry that shares with children, not only preparing them for kindergarten, but more importantly, sharing them with Jesus Christ. So we invite the ushers to come forward and receive our gifts and our offerings. This is another song that's new for us here at Faith Covenant. Um, where Kurt is talking about focus, this song is about action. So I think that when once you get your mind right, then you can go somewhere. <laughs> 